Are you an entrepreneur, industry expert, or influencer? Did you know that speaking is one of the highest paying professions in the world? Download my free PDF checklist now and you can learn how you can become a highly paid speaker. Go to jamieabbott.com forward slash speaker guide. Hello and welcome to Pitch Perfect, the podcast where we shine a spotlight on the power of effective communication, strategic business thinking, and the spirit of entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Jamie Abbott. I've spent years mastering the art of public speaking and public relations, weathered the storm in the business world, and have emerged not only surviving, but thriving in the face of challenges. And now I'm here to share my insights and experiences with you, whether you're an entrepreneur looking to take your business to the next level, a marketing professional wanting to sharpen your skills, or simply someone who wants to become a better communicator, this podcast is for you. So buckle up and join me on this journey. Let's learn, grow, and conquer the world of public speaking, public relations, marketing, and business strategy together. Welcome to Pitch Perfect. Well, my guest today is Joe Vidillo. Now, Joe is a well-respected voice in the property industry. She is an author, a professional property buyers agent, and provides coaching services to property buyers. Now, Joe launched the buyers agency Advocate Property Services in 2011 to help property purchasers secure great deals seamlessly. She is also the CEO of Property Women, an educational platform that supports and advocates for female investors with more than 20 years of being an active investor herself. Joe really understands the buyer's journey and shares her wealth of knowledge and experience to support her clients in their quest for property success. Welcome to Pitch Perfect, Joe Vadillo. Oh, thanks, Jamie. Thanks for the wrap and coming into that and talking about, you know, when you say 20 years of experience, it kind of makes you sound a little old. <laughs> I always use that. I always say two decades of experience. Two decades. Then, yeah. yeah, but it's absolutely. I think, it, it, yeah, it does make you sound certainly at least 40. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've had that yeah. Fun. I mean, one thing I didn't mention in that bio is I think you have one of, if not the best personality of any human I've ever met. And you instantly warm to you. And I can see for someone like yourself who you're dealing with clients and potential clients, and it involves having conversations with all different stakeholders every day. I'm sure that personality has been a bit of a, a key to your success, would you say, without embarrassing you? I, I feel like now I need to really up the ante and come in with some like really big charismatic spiel because now now you've set me up for failure <laughs> but I guess you make I mean it's a good point in, you know within certain industries having the ability to mingle with lots of different personalities types um, I'm a pretty natural communicator so that certainly helps as a buyer's agent I'm speaking to you know high-end you know solicitors um, my clients accountants I'm liaising with their brokers Obviously, agents, selling agents, um, you know, there's so many people. Uh, buyers agents are like the centre of the nucleus of the buying journey. So you are dealing with many different moving parts. And sometimes it's even just, you know, we talk to the vendors directly in some situations with off-market deals and things like that. So you really need to be able to shift gears and change the way you articulate yourself. So it does help 
been slightly, I, I call myself an introverted extrovert. I think it's an omnivert could be another way of describing myself. Um, as I get older, I'm quite happy to be in my own space and place, but I do naturally gravitate towards being around humans a lot and I find it easy. Yeah, absolutely. Can tell you do. So, so many questions. I mean, I, for one, only really got onto this concept of buyer's agents about two years ago. And a friend of mine was, was living in Tamworth in New South Wales and was trying to find a property in Newcastle. And she kept coming every weekend to visit Newcastle and just couldn't get these properties, couldn't access them, couldn't even get a look in and then engaged a buyer's agent. And I think at the time she said she paid, I don't know, it was 18, 20,000 or something, which I thought, wow, that's incredibly expensive. But then she said, no, we were able to shave that off the cost of this property. The buyer's agent was able to negotiate that. We were able to access a property we couldn't otherwise have had access to as a consumer. Um, and so for me, I'm thinking now, whenever I buy a property in the future, I will always in- engage a buyer's agent. But for you, you've been doing this a lot longer than two years. Uh, so were you sort of being a buyer? buyer's agent and especially a female buyer's agent when there weren't a lot of buyer's agents around? I was literally, it was absolute infancy in terms of the industry in Australia because it's very, very common to use a buyer's advocate um, in in America. That's a very commonplace uh, buyer's broker. They've got different variations of that terminology and um, a very different structure, but that's it's, it's very typical to buy property in that way in the States. Um, and also they share the commission of the selling agent. So it's a bit of a bit of a funny one. It's almost like a, you know, whereas here it's like we are that we've got a fiduciary duty to look after our clients, the purchaser and the selling agent. He's there or she's there to protect and, and look after and get the best outcome for the seller of the property. So we it's a bit of a weird dance coming together like that. So when I started out, I I was working in advertising and marketing. That was my career, my my previous career. And um I just loved property. I loved everything about it. I was a complete junkie for it. I went to every live event that I could get, I could, you know, put a bum on a seat for. Um, loved the, all the magazines back in the ye old days. You know, I'd go and when I bought my first property, I'd have like the, um, you know, the news. Oh my gosh, this really dates me. Get a newspaper and circle the properties and go out there and have a look at it, you know. It wasn't that long ago, to be fair. Yeah. It wasn't that long ago. We were all back doing that. in the that. olden days. Um, but you know, this is, this is what, you know, this is how I started out. And I just, there was also a TV series at that point, um, with the lady from the UK called Sarah Beanie, and she still has a few different iterations of her, um, things now on, I think Foxtel or Netflix, but, um, she did a lot of renovation programs. Like she'll go in and speak to somebody about what they should and shouldn't do. And then they'd show the befores and afters and how much money they could make. And I was just like drinking the Kool-Aid. I'm like, this is just where I need to be. I love it. I love the bricks and mortar. I love everything about property. So when I um, had my second son, I re-educated, got the form, did all the formalities. I became a licensed real estate agent and started up the company as a buyer's agency. And Jamie, seriously, I spent the first three years of my company saying to people, what's a buyer's agent? And I was answering that question. Like, what's a buyer's agent do? Why would you need one of those? Why would you need it? You know, why would you pay someone to help you buy a property? But people use an expert to sell a property, but they'd blindly buy really poor investment standard stock 
you know, they'll go in and they, they wouldn't realise, they wouldn't do their due diligence. They didn't realise they're buying in a flood-affected area. They didn't realise there's a council approval across the road for, um, you know, a, you know, a large, you know, building that will throw shadow over the property they're in. Or they'd buy something because it's a really good rental return but it hasn't had capital growth for 10 years. So this is the reason you pay an expert to buy a property for you, not only to save you money and do all the negotiations, but to do all that due diligence so you're not buying yourself a lemon that's going to do nothing except hold you back from progressing further. Yeah, of course. And I suppose you are living, breathing, sleeping property, talking to agents all <laughs> the time. So you you are the expert in that in that industry, which is really great. And that's why you would use a buyer's agent. Let me um let's go back there to when you first started and you know, being a PR gal, I'd love to know what you kind of used as your avenue to become known in not only an industry which was in its infancy, but also as an unknown profile yourself did you sort of advertise in the local newspaper what sort of um, things did you do from a PR and marketing perspective you know really to start out you know got the website up and running you know register the business name you know did all the back-end machinations but then it's like right the shop's open but no one's coming to the front door so I did really what you meant to do and that is network you know, so I did attend uh, B&I events here in Sydney and, you know, it, I was just a fish out of water. I was like, well, you know, I've got to, I've got to like stand up and tell people what I do. And, and honestly, from that, I got, you know, one client, she wound up buying three properties through us and, and um, I'm still in contact with her today. And it was just that started the momentum. And then, you know, they told their friends and then I reached out to people in the industry like brokers who at that point, again, I, I guess I had that benefit of being a niche in a niche market, you know, not only was there hardly anyone being a, a buyer's agent, but there was just no females in that space as well. So the other benefit I had was leveraging off free media, you know, contacting like basically, you know, but then I started getting contact, not only contact, put my hand up to actually write articles, but then they all started contacting me. So they were asking me for, you know, let's just like, you know, bite-sized comments on different things that were happening in the industry. And back then there was a big appetite for people buying magazines in the property space. And this just continued the momentum and opened more doors. So in actual fact, for my journey as a business owner, I've actually invested very little financially into marketing. I haven't had to because I've got that momentum. And a lot of it, a lot of my business even today comes from past clients, repeat clients, um, and also a lot of industry professionals that I've worked with over time that will say, yeah, I've got a client looking to buy a duplex in Brisbane. Can you help them out? I'm like, bring it. I'm here to help. <laughs> oh, so you don't just do Sydney. You do no. other areas. Wow. I've even even Newcastle. I've done bus tours with all these Sydney shoppers and I've gone to Newcastle. Um, so definitely we've bought in almost every state. I'm just thinking I haven't bought in Northern Territory. Um, but we do a lot of lot of activity. Southeast Queensland is a big one for us as well. We've got people on the ground that do the physical inspections. I'm personally really active in that space. I've done a couple of property developments in the last two years there. Myself are building there again now. And um, yeah, so Sydney market owner occupied that's really where my strength is but when it comes to investors and we've got different levels of our business as well so i not always my clients will sometimes do the physical inspections but we, we charge them a lighter service to do all the due diligence and find off-market deals for them as well so a lot of that can be des a desktop scenario and i just pick up the phone and it's talking to people all day every day like it really is just building that rapport with agents what have you got off market? What can you do? How can we make this deal work? And um, that's really what we do. 
So those kind of, um, that tactic where you um, sort of looked at the free media side, is that something that you still kind of adopt in your business in 2023? Are you still, you know, wanting to put yourself out there in the media, all those techniques? I mean, obviously magazines aren't, they're still around, but they're not as popular. But, you know, there's online media and there's still TV and there's still radio and there's podcasts, all that sort of thing. Is that something which you kind of still uh, follow along and, and are constantly nurturing from a marketing perspective? Probably not nurturing as much as I could or should, you know. I so I still get those organic um, comments up. So from from you know like a you know representative from Domain would contact me or Sydney Morning Herald. So I do still get those phone calls that do come through. Look, we're looking for a voice in the industry to comment on this, um, but it doesn't take much to as as a business owner. It doesn't take much to open those doors. You know, journalists are looking for people to to quote on on these scenarios or to provide content for them, tell them what's going on in, in the industry. And I think sometimes I've gotten lost in just being very busy doing the service side of my business that I I haven't always nurtured at the marketing side as well as I could or should. But the reality is, um, I I still loosely do, but I need to. I, I think you always need to ramp it up. You don't want to be the best kept secret. And no, the fact absolutely. is, what and what I've got up my sleeve that other people don't have is all that time, that longevity in the industry, in the space. Um, that um, and also I'm an active investor myself, so I've done a lot of the things that my clients want to do. So I'm not coming at it like, hey, I'm fresh out of school and look at me with my buyer's agency opened up and ready to go. Like I've bought into state, I've bought in my self managed super fund, I've bought into Strata, I've built brand new duplexes, I own um, you know, like um properties I've renovated about 10 properties to add value and then use the equity to buy again I've done capital raising property developments so I've done a lot of the things I understand the momentum the fear um the joys you know challenges like trying to find solutions in actual fact at the moment even this week <laughs> the irony is this week I have to do what I do for my clients and I just don't want to you know you're like I don't want to be an adult this week because I'm building in Sydney and I'm just like you know who do I need to like pay off to get these um you know surveyor reports done so my pool can get started you know so it, that's what I do for my clients I do all the hurt work you know I'm the one that actually chases you know chases people for answers you know where what's going on where's the contractor sale where's the strata report you know that's my job but when I'm doing it for myself it's not so much fun <laughs> Oh, yeah, it's like the, that old story, isn't it? Yeah, it's even myself. I teach people how to get paid speaking gigs and I get so busy doing that that I forget about getting my own paid speaking gigs. So I totally relate. And you are a member of PR Club and you are the perfect sort of PR Club member because it is for time poor business owners. And sometimes you just need that kick up the butt because you know you could reach out on Source Bottle or you could put out a pitch to a media organisation pitching yourself or go on podcasts or um, you know, all the different avenues, get some more speaking gigs, networking, that sort of stuff. But sometimes you just need that kick up the butt. This is what we're focusing on this month. You know, you, you get so busy in your business um, and it's easy to sort of not not forget but not prioritise uh, that traditional media and PR side of things. Um, let me talk about property women because we were chatting um, before we started and you said you literally were attending their events and then a couple of years later, was it, uh, that you decided to buy the business? How did that all come about? It, this... Um... I was literally, and I think my second son at this point was, I think I might have been pregnant. I would have been pregnant. I look at the time scale, I would have been pregnant at the time. Um, and that industry of um, events was still very much, people were quite happy to pay whatever they need to do to get, you know, a seat, a seat at the table, so to speak. Whereas now 
you know, that that industry shuffled around a little bit and a lot of people were sitting on, you know, webinars and all the rest. But back in the olden days, um, this 2009 event was on and I think I literally Googled women in property or some sort of combination of that because none of my friends, my 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 most beautiful long-term friends, are remotely interested in property in the same way I am. It's almost like I've got this amazing hobby and I'm, you know, a total nerd for it. And I had no one, no one around me was talking. I want to talk, I want to talk about renovations to people, you know, like real. So I literally did this Google and lo and behold, about 48 hours later, they're going to hold this big event in Sydney, never heard of them before. Um, it was $900 for this event. And that was an epic size and sum of money for me to ever put on the table, especially when I was actually out, I was actually taking a break off work at that point. And I spoke to Greg, my husband, who works in the works as a buyer. He's works. He, he always says I work for. He always says he's my employee. He's not. He's. <laughs> I am the director of the business, but he 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 holds his own quite nicely as well. So, but he's super supportive, and I'm and I, I say the word lucky, but it's so important when you've got a spouse or you know your significant other that um, supports what you do you know, cheers you on. And he said, just do it. Just go, go to this event. I went to this property women event. It was packed, packed room full of women, um, you know, a series of different um, speakers. Or, and I remember the day really clearly. I've even still got the book that they gave us on the day. And um, I was just like mind blown because one of the, one of the next speakers coming up was an accountant. And like, I was like, oh, this is, this is going to be a bit of a yawn fest. <laughs> And I just did not have any idea the capacity of what I could do with what I was creating for myself. Um, you know, withdrawing equity, adding value. Um, you know, what I could what what I could actually charge charge from a taxation viewpoint. All of these things was just this like you know this light struck down from the sky and hit the, the top of my head, and I'm like, oh, we've got all this equity in these properties that we're starting to accrue, and this is how we're going to build our portfolio. And I literally couldn't sleep that night. It was phenomenal. So every time this group of property women would come around to Sydney quarterly, so to speak, I think, you know, approximately, I put my hand up, I wound up doing some, you know, free crewing for them and just, you know, being there to help and support, trained to become a buyer's agent. All of a sudden, I'm actually speaking on their stage, which is another, obviously, another way for me to grow my business. And by 2015, the three directors had basically had enough and they're ready to sort of go their separate ways. And they called me and said, hey, what do you think about you buying the business? You know, you're a natural affiliation with it. And, you know, I did. <laughs> wow. And so what does that look like today? What does the um, the business sort of entail? Is it series of events, mentorship? What? How does it kind of yeah. work? So back then it was very much, you know, those live um, events, which obviously has taken a massive shift over the over time. Um, there was a membership as well where they're sending, you know, sending things out. So very much a more of a manual sort of process than now with the systemized digital era is, is here. And so we do um, webinars, a lot of education. I now have a course on there called the Buyer's Advantage. And so that's a really affordable opportunity for you to be speaking to a buyer's agent one-on-one, or not one-on-one, sorry, I should say one-to-many in a Zoom environment, but you can actually contact me privately and send me your questions. And it allows you to get the access to my brain, my experience, leverage off the people that are, the professionals that, you know, people don't know where, where do I find a solicitor? Well, how much do I charge? What do I even do to get started in property investing? How do I work out the yield of a property? Um, you know, how can I look at RP data and have a look at what the value is? And so this is all the support that we provide, but it's super digestible and affordable for people who are just starting out in the industry because the people who really need the buyer's agent support, first-time buyers or first-time investors, a lot of the time, 
they really don't have necessarily the budget to use our services, but they really need our support. And that's that's the reason property women morphed into this, you know, having this course called the buyer's advantage. And so what's, what is the number one question? Because I can imagine the number one question I'd want to ask is, where should I buy in Australia? It's going to be a great investment. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I get asked some really unusual questions and I don't mean to, it, like just recently one of one of our students asked me, um, but what, what, what stage do I pay the solicitor? You know, like these are just the fundamental questions like what's the process? And there's not necessarily, it's not a rule, buying property is not always a black and white. It's a very grey. <laughs> like there's yeah. so many variables. And even now, like I'll do deals and go, that was weird or that was odd or that contract was kooky. Um, thing, people don't rec- recognise that they can ask for things to be fixed before they actually settle on a property. So we just settled on an off, off-market dual-key property for a client of ours. And um, something came up in the person building report that needed fixing. So I asked, could they fix it um, on their time and dime um, before settlement? And they said yes. So my client didn't have to deal with it and we proceeded to sale. And, um, you know, you, you, people don't rec- recognise they need to do it. They can do a pre-settle. They should do a pre-settlement inspection. So I've been to pre-settlement inspe- inspections when a vacating tenant has, like, left junk and I'm not kidding like from the front like the letterbox to the back gate including the in the inner machinations of a piano in the backyard like it was just chaos so all of a sudden I've got like a 2 p.m settlement and I, and it, I have to organize um, withholding of funds um, or we can we delay settlement but we're not have we're not taking that property in its current condition and my clients aren't going to pay for that cleanup so um, other times these settlements, there's been water damage, especially in the heavy rains we've had in the last couple of years. So things like that, that you ask, you can ask for people to pay for the problems that you're seeing and facing. A lot of buyers don't recognise that. You know, if the dishwasher doesn't work and it was an inclusion, it should have been working. You know, that shouldn't be your cost. Mm. So, I mean, I've bought a couple of properties in my life so far and it's such a buzz on settlement day. It's stressful, it's exciting, it's scary. Do you feel all those feels too or are you really desensitised now? Uh, for my clients, I love the victory yeah. for my clients. I love It's so exciting. It's, uh, it's so exciting. I reach out to them afterwards and I keep saying, look, I'm still here. If you've got questions, you, you need a referral for a carpenter or like as much as I can help you. Obviously, I don't know everyone in every single suburb of Australia, but you know, it's, it's, I, I love checking in and saying, show me what the kitchen looks like now that you've, you know, painted it and all the, you know, all that sort of stuff. So I really do get that joy and, and seeing people come to it, it's, and it's thrilling when our offer's accepted, but I've learned, I've learned the hard way. We don't celebrate until we've actually got all the contracts exchanged, you know, so, you know, nothing's over until it's all done, done, signed and delivered. But um, I love that. And I love nothing more when a client does give me a number that they're prepared to go to and I can secure that property underneath that number it's like you know to me it's a win you know of course I just I, I love it I, I really enjoy it and I really apply a philosophy with buying property that if I'm not prepared to actually put my money on the table and buy in that area or that sort of property myself I'm not going to tell my clients to go and do it and there are some areas that a lot of investor activity and I, I just think it's over overloaded um, you know it's just got a really poor trajectory I feel with you know no trees, no, no room in the backyard for pools. You know, I just think it's going to have some real social issues as these young families come to a stage where there's a lot of teenagers in the area. And I don't want to like black, but there are just a lot of people selling some really rubbish stock out there. And I'm very, very cautious of buying where there's great infrastructure. You know, it's capital city based or a really big, busy regional hub where there's a lot of different employment opportunities and um, not just chasing yield, but you're also looking at growth when you're investing. 
Yeah. I mean, and that's another reason why you should use a buyer's agent because so many people get caught up in the emotion of it all and they get emotionally attached to these properties and they need someone to really come in objectively and say, this is a shit property. Don't buy it. Here's why. <laughs> but if you don't have someone doing that, you can really go. And I've bought lemons in the past too. I bought a property in Port Stephens, which had termites. And I was, um, oh, it's fine. It's got a thermal camera. It'll be fine. And it wasn't fine. But I got so attached to the fact that you could see the ocean from the, <laughs> from the bedroom window. And if I had had a property um, property agent at the time, buyer's agent, um, you know, on my side, I would not have bought that. And it wasted so much of my savings on that property. So yeah, it's another great reminder. Is there anything further you'd like to say before we wrap up, Joe, particularly in relation to women property investors? I know you specialize in, you know, all buyers, not just women, but um, do you find that it's a cliche question about, about women being underrepresented, but really uh, is, you know, women investors still quite a rarity compared to male investors? Oh, the girls have really stepped up since my days when I started, really stepped up. And I think that um, single women are one of the bigger now percentage-wise of women, like people seeking out loans. However, having worked with, and I do work obviously with, you know, a lot of lot of couples, um, and I notice that men are more decisive when they come to spend money and women can sometimes sit on their hands a little bit more and um and and potentially overanalyze a deal, which is where a buyer's agent is helpful because I'm there to hold your hand and say to you, this makes sense. This is the reason why. Here's the local evidence and proof and the numbers, et cetera. So um, that's where I can help. But I do find that men are just a little bit more quick, quick to make decisions than women are a little bit more cautious. Um, and but the girls, we're, step, we're stepping up and we're doing it alone. And I bought my first property on my own. And at the time I was dating Greg, dating. Um, but I was my my alone. I, I had the pre-approval and it used to drive me insane because the agents would look at him and ask for his details. And I'm like, hey, 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 no, 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 this, this is me. <laughs> I'm doing this for myself. And I think it's really important if you're not in a, in a relationship, you can do it on your own. I know it's hard. It definitely is hard. I, I mean, at the time I purchased, I started walking dogs outside of business hours to get extra money because I extended myself because I wanted, I wanted another property market. So I literally did do an ad in the yellow pages um, and, and started walking dogs outside of hours because that was my pocket money, so to speak. But I had to, I had, I sacrificed holidays and, and buying $300 handbags and all the things that a lot of my friends were doing because I so desperately wanted to get on the ladder, you know. So I think it's just really important to make the decision, have a look at your numbers. And if you want to get started, really speak to a broker, find a fantastic broker and just see where your health, your financial health is at um, and get your taxes up to date. And you just start to put those marks in your calendar and you can make it happen. It doesn't have to be where you live right now. You can invest outside of that area. Use a buyer's agent if you're not a local. That's so inspiring, especially in today's day and age where, you know, it's very tempting to want to go on the latest holiday, buy the latest clothes and shoes and handbags and all that sort of stuff. So I think that that's really inspiring to hear that from you, sacrificing that back then because you can fall into that trap. Um, and you, you might require a bit of sacrifice now to be able to um, to have the benefits later. So I love that. Thank you so much, Joe, for coming on to the podcast today. It's been incredible. I always love talking to you. And uh, if you want to check out a bit of Joe's information, I'll put the uh, the links we've talked about um, today in the show notes. But yeah, thanks again, Joe, for coming on. Absolute pleasure. Thanks so much, Jamie.
Thanks for listening to Pitch Perfect. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate and review it and share it to social media. If you'd like to download my free paid speaking resources, go to jamieabbott.com.